This morning we're going to be in the Old Testament books of Leviticus and Numbers, and we're going to see exactly how God created His church and how He instructed His people to take care of it, to manage it, and to fund the church. Our entire message this morning is going to be around the theme of the tithe, around the offering. It's giving to God what is His. Honestly, you you hear me refer at times to, let's give the Lord His tithes and our offerings. And they're two different words. They're two different things. The tithe is literally, it is 10% that we are to give God out of our obedience uh, the, the offerings are things that we would give joyously above that. But the tithe belongs to God. He says, this is, this is mine. This is the way that I am funding this church. A church history lesson, or diving back into the time when the Israelites came out of the desert into the promised land, is going to be important this morning as we see how God set up this mechanism. See, God created a system for the church to have the resources to continue to do ministry and to thrive in a world of insecurity and uncertainty and to continue to be a sanctuary for his people. After the end of the, after the Exodus, rather, where the Israelites have left Egypt and start moving towards the promised land, They'd been slaves for 400 years. And God had given them, He had given them a, a promised land. When they get into the area, now these families start breaking into their tribes. There are 12 tribes. These tribes were based on their family and their bloodline and the family, the sons of Jacob. And, and in the promised land, the modern day Israel area, 11 of those 12 tribes were to receive land as their gift from God. That is their inheritance, is areas that their tribes are going to live. And they all moved into their family land. They moved into this area. The land was what God referred to as the promised land. This is where I'm taking you. And this was the inheritance for, the, for 11 of the 12 tribes. But one tribe didn't get any land. Let's talk about what comes with land. Land to a tribe then, you could plant farms. You could herd cattle. You could grow produce. You could trade the fruits of your land and you could sell it to feed your family. Eleven tribes had this. There's natural resources that are in some of these lands that would be beneficial to the tribe who lived there. One tribe not given any land. They had no fields, no cattle, no barns, no real way to make money off of the land. And it kind of seems like and kind of sounds like maybe maybe this tribe was picked on. Maybe they were left out by God. To our modern day standards, maybe. You see all of your other tribes. Look, they got something. They have a home. They have a place that they can go. God didn't give this 
tribe any land. He didn't give them any, any place. But it wasn't a punishment. It was because God had a plan for this tribe. Sorry, the audio's coming back, I know. It'll be here in a minute. Many of you know the story of Moses and how he was the one that led the people through the desert and into the promised land. Moses had a, he had a speech impediment, and he had told God, I, I'm going to struggle to do this, and God gave him Aaron, his brother, said, I want your brother to come alongside you. Your brother is going to help you through this. Aaron and Aaron's sons, they became assistants, or Aaron became an assistant to, to Moses, and it's his son in that bloodline that became the 12th tribe. They didn't have an inheritance of land. This tribe, they were called the Levites. The Levites were given a very specific job. They were to be the priests. They were to be the pastors. They were to be the keepers of the temple. They were to be the ones, the leaders of this church of God's people as they moved into this new land. They were the ones, the caretakers of the tent of meeting. That was their job. They, would have, they wouldn't have land, but they would have cities within all of the other tribes' land that they would put together the houses of worship. They didn't own this land. This isn't theirs. They are here simply taking care of the house of worship in these 11 other territories. Some of them... Some of the Levites would, would go to the, the temple, the synagogue, the house of worship, and maybe their job was to lead in song. And that's what they did. They would, they would come and they would lead worship. Their job was to maintain a worship center, was to honor God, and was to serve the people in their local area. Does that sound familiar? Kind of sounds like the church, right? Isn't it interesting how God created this structure? The Levites, they would, they would maintain what was referred to as the tent of meeting, basic, basically your church. They had no land to sell. They had no real jobs. They had no cattle to sell. But they were in charge of taking care of the church and teaching God's people. That's what their inheritance was, not land. God knew that when he brought his people into the promised land, that he needed people, he needed some people to be the priests to the entire nation. God singled out one tribe, and he said, you're not getting land, you're going to be the priests. And I think it's astonishing that, that God did not set aside a tribe to be law enforcement. He did not set aside a tribe to be doctors. He did not set aside a tribe to be veterinarians. He did not set aside a tribe to be firefighters. He set aside a tribe who would be ministers of faith. He said, this is important enough. As we begin this new nation, I'm going to take one tribe... And I'm going to give you a very important responsibility. Follow me into Numbers. We're in chapter 18. We'll start in verse number 1. 
It says, so the Lord said to Aaron, you, your sons, and your father's household with you shall bear the guilt in connection with the sanctuary. Uh, bear the guilt, uh, uh, that is simply you should do the work. And you and your sons... Uh, you and your sons with you shall bear the guilt, that is, of course, uh, the work, in connection with your priesthood. Here's the first point in your notes, if you're taking notes this morning. God has appointed people to manage his church. There's not a church that's ever going to start that God has not appointed somebody to manage. Here, when he moved this entire nation into the promised land, God appointed priests. He says, you're going to move in here, and I'm going to set people in your midst, who will teach you? I'm going to set people here who are going to bring up the nation in worship, who are going to support the faith of the nation. We also see that God set up a structure on how these people and how his church was funded. You remember the Levites, right? They don't have real jobs. They, you, you, know, you don't see them leaving the temple to go and run a shift at Domino's Pizza. They show up uh, with a pizza on the back of their donkey at your house, right? That, th that's not what they do. They don't sell cattle. They get a place. They are set in place to be a gift to the church, to be a gift to the community. What God has done is he has put in place a gift to the temple, a gift to the church. He calls this the tithe. The idea of the tithe actually goes back much further than this moment in time. We had seen Abraham giving tithes hundreds of years earlier before this particular moment in, in history. The tithe was very specific. Tithe literally means a tenth or... 10%. It's the tenth of your crops that you're going to give to the Levites, to the, the church. It's a, a tenth of your animals. It's a tenth of your harvest. It's a tenth of your cattle. It would be a tenth of the grain or a 10% of the increase since your last tithe. Everything belonged to God. Everything, even now today, belongs to God. And God has told his people that whatever it is that you grow, whatever it is that you raise, wherever your increase is, you are subject to the tithe. Everything is subject to the tithe. Now, you and I, we don't raise cattle. You and I, we don't grow grain. What we do instead is we have a job that we trade our labor for finance so that we have now an increase that we can go and buy beef and buy bread. That's the way that we trade in our culture today. The Israelites were told to bring a tenth of their produce to the temple. You and I are told to bring a tenth of our produce to the temple. Our produce is different but it's still represented the same way. Remember that tribe that wasn't given any land, the, the Levites, right? They couldn't earn money off of the land because it wasn't their land. They had one job, and their job was to teach people about God. God created his church 
and a way that the Levites could financially be taken care of and the church to be financially taken care of. We're in Leviticus chapter 27. Moses writes this, he says, Now all the tithe of the land, the 10% of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's and it is holy to the Lord. This is the instruction that God gave to Aaron and to all the priests. Okay, So he's going to talk to them specifically. We're in Numbers chapter 18, verse number 20. Then the Lord said to Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in their land, nor own any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the sons of Israel. To the sons of Levi, behold, I have given all the tithe in Israel as an inheritance in return for their service which they perform, the service of the tent of meeting. So he's saying, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of the temple. I'm going to take care of the church. This is the way I'm going to do it. It's with the tithe. That's going to come to the, to the tribe of Levi, who is scattered among the other tribes there to teach them the tithe is what's going to support you, your families, and it's going to support the church. No land, but you are the caretakers of the church. You are the spiritual leaders for the people. If you can imagine that if you looked over all of these different lands and you saw all of these different churches that the Levites had put together in certain cities, you would know that all of those churches still needed to have seats. They all needed to have lessons for the kids. They all needed to have a place to meet that was safe. They needed a place to meet that was out of the weather. They needed to have Wi-Fi hotspots for their sermon broadcasts, right? They needed to have a parking lot for their donkeys. They, they needed all of these things, the same sort of things that we need today, maybe on a different scale. But all of these different churches, all of these houses of worship still had needs. They might need somebody to lead worship. Well, some of the Levites, that was their job. That's what they did. They would come every day. Now, you and I, we come to church on Sunday. They were here every day. Every day, they would come and they would sing. And they would lead others. Being that some of the tithe actually came in the way of livestock, of animals, of fruits and vegetables and grains, you would have, somebody would drop off cattle at the front door of the church. You would have to have somebody who's going to take care of those animals now and turn that into a resource. Well, today we would call that person maybe a bookkeeper or a church administrator, right? Because I can't remember the last time somebody brought the church a bag of grain. Doesn't happen or please don't show up at the church door with a goat because... We wouldn't really know what to do with it. But in those days, somebody had to take care of the, the gifts, the tithe of the animals, and it was somebody who was part of the tribe of Levi. That was their job. The tithe was the funding mechanism that God put into his structure so that the church could be taken care of. Not only did God appoint priests and a team of people to take care of the building, 
but a way to take care of their families, a way to take care of the, the building, and a way to plan for future growth. See, when the Levites moved to a town, they set up a city. They didn't just set up a, a city planning on being there for a couple of weeks and then leaving. No. As the city around them, as the tribe grew, they had to grow as well. They might need more seats because those around him, their community that they're serving is getting bigger. They would need a mechanism to be able to do that. This giving is what took care of the priests. It's what took care of the synagogue, the the tent of meeting, the temple, the church. But I want you to see something. That it wasn't just the 11 tribes that were told to tithe. It was all of the tribes Come back with me to Numbers, we're in chapter 18, watch this, we're in verse number 25. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Moreover, you should speak. You shall speak to the Levites and say to them, When you take from the sons of Israel the tithe which I have given you from, um, from them for your inheritance, then you shall present an offering from it to the Lord, a tithe of the tithe. See, here's the second point in your notes if you're writing this down. Everyone has a responsibility to tithe. Everyone. I have a responsibility to tithe. Nobody was left out. You think the, the Levites, okay, so you guys don't have any land, you have to take care of the church, you get a free pass. They don't get a free pass. They have to tithe also. You know what they're doing? Is they are literally living off of 90% of the resources that come into the church. 10% of it is being a tithe, is going back. Pastors are not immune from, from tithing. We're actually told that out of our gain, 10% is your, is your tithe. We don't give to the church out of obligation. We give to the church out of obedience. Many times in our lives we'll say things like, well, I try and obey the, the, the Ten Commandments because it's in the Bible. Or I... I I'm, I won't kill anybody because it says not to in the Bible. I won't lie because, well, that, that's in the Bible. We say things like, I'm going to love my neighbor as I do myself because that's in the Bible. Sometimes people will say, you know what? Um, I still feel like circumcising my, my sons because that's in the Bible. Or maybe people will say, well, I won't eat pork because I hear there's some place that that's in the Bible. Or, or some people will say, well, I go to church and I fellowship with other people because that's in the Bible. I pray to God every day because that's what the Bible tells me to do. But still then we neglect tithing, the exact thing that the Bible tells us to do with our finance. So many other things will absolutely say, this is the way I live my life because the Bible tells me to do so until it comes to our money. And that's where we stop. Why is it that we will give God everything else that he has requested from us except money? When it comes to giving back to God his portion of income, that's when our barriers start going up. That's when our objections start going up. That's when the excuses start to be made. That's where we talk ourselves out of obedience. 
Oh, we can talk ourselves into obedience and say, you know what? I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be in Bible study on, on Monday night. I'm going to be at church or watching online on Sunday morning. But when it comes to our money, the barriers go up. Here's something that I've heard before. Well, I don't, I don't give all to the church because I support other nonprofits that are in my favor, that, that I favor, that I, that I care about. But I want you to see what, what happens if we're giving a portion of God's 10% somewhere else. I want you to see what God says about that. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 12. Moses writes this, Be careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings just anywhere you like. You may do so only at the place the Lord has chosen within one of your tribal territories. And be very careful never to neglect the Levites as long as you live in your land. See what he's saying? He's saying you could bring burnt offerings, which was another type of offering. He says, but you don't do this just anywhere. He says, you do it where I've designated you to do this at. He says, don't neglect the Levites. Don't neglect the house of worship. He says, bring this where I have appointed it to be brought, where I have appointed it to be used. He's basically saying that if you give to the church 2%, and all of your favorite nonprofits, another 8%, then we might not be allowing God to do with our income what he wants to do with our income. We're almost making a choice for God. We're almost telling God, I'm going to take your funds and I'm going to do this with them. See, God didn't allow anyone to make an excuse not to give him his tithe. All of the objections that you have ever heard of or you have ever spoken, every objection to giving God his tithe is 100% man-made. God didn't make these excuses. These are absolutely the work of the enemy. God doesn't make excuses. God makes miracles happen. God doesn't make excuses. He makes abundance. God doesn't make obstacles. He makes solutions. God doesn't make your tithe based on a specific dollar amount. He says it's a percentage. He didn't tell everyone to give $20, $2, $200, $2,000. He said, I want you to give 10% of increase. He said, that's the way that we're going to fund our house of worship. Your 10%, it might be 200, it might be 2,000, it might be $2, it might be two cents. Now, I know that somebody is going to say this. They're going to say, Pastor, we are a New Testament church, <clears throat> and you're quoting out of the Old Testament, and we don't live like that anymore. What are you going to say about that, preacher man? Somebody's going to say that. And I get it. So let's go and see what Jesus had to say about this. We're going to Matthew chapter 23. Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples and he's teaching them a difference between the lifestyle he wants his disciples to have and what they are seeing from the Pharisees. Now, we've talked about the Pharisees numerous times. They are an elite religious group who couldn't stand Jesus. 
Jesus loved them but couldn't stand the way that they were living because they would take the rules of the law and they would flaunt them in front of everyone. And so the Pharisees would make sure that they lived by the letter of the law. Jesus says this, Matthew, we're in chapter 23, Then Jesus told the crowd and his disciples, The teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they preach. He's going to go on and start listing things that the Pharisees do that is honestly not exactly what God asked of them. And Jesus goes on in this lesson to talk about the Pharisees, but he makes a specific point in verse number 23. Jesus says this, A sorrow awaits you, teachers of the religious law, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. But you ignore the, most, the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect these more important things. Do you see what Jesus just said? He says, as much as you guys frustrate me, Pharisees, I'm going to applaud you for doing something. There's actually one thing you're doing that you're doing really good. You're actually tithing really well. You're sticking to the letter of the law. Now, if Jesus was at any point going to wipe out the tithe and say this doesn't exist anymore, don't worry about it anymore. This would be a great place for him to do it. This would be a great place for him to say, you know what, Pharisees, you do a good job giving your tithe, your 10%, but you know what, let's just make that, nah, let's turn it into whatever you feel like. We're just going to go with that now. But see, Jesus didn't do that. He is actually in this moment telling the Pharisees, you guys are doing a really good job with the tithe. You should do that. As, as well as pay attention to justice and mercy and faith. But yes, tithe. This is the only time that Jesus actually calls out the Pharisees for doing something right. He says, yeah, you should tithe. That means give your 10% to the church, but don't neglect these other things. Let me ask you this. Do we think as a church, that we are good enough to create a better financial mechanism to maintain God's church, that we're better than He is when it comes to creating that mechanism? God gave us a plan. He put it in front of us. He says, this is what I want you to do. Sometimes we try and recreate what God has already done. That's trying to perfect perfection. That's not possible. God has a reason for this. Of all the red letters in the Bible, one-sixth of all the words that Jesus spoke had to, that dealt, it dealt with finance. And a third of all of his parables were parables about money. Jesus talked about money more than he did heaven, more than he did hell. Do you think that was important to him? Yeah, it was important to him. Some of us, as part of this church, Tithe our 10% every week. There are some, and this population is even greater, belong to a, a group that we rely on somebody else. 
You've heard me say this before, that we are not a church of somebody else. We're not a somebody else church. We are not big enough to be a somebody else church. We are all in. You're going to hear that a lot in the next few weeks. We are all in, what do we say right now? We're all in this together, right? Nobody was given an opportunity to make an excuse out of any of God's directions, God's rules for our life. Here's my challenge to you today. Who is it that today is going to be the first day that you are giving to the church? Who is it that today is going to be the first time that you say, you know what? Yeah, I'm ready to commit. I'm going to commit, not just for today, but I'm going to commit for the next year. I'm going to set up my finance right now. Who is it that is going to trust God right now? Without saying this, so I know what you want to do, is, you know what, let me go back to the kitchen table and crunch the numbers. Let me go and do the math and see what I can give God, and then I'll take care of it. No, who's going to be able to do that right now? Who is ready to say, no more excuses. Who is ready to say, I am all in. No holding back. I am all in. Who is ready to say that I'm not going to let the enemy manage this area of my obedience. I am not going to let the enemy win this battle. Who's ready to take this significant part of your spiritual life and put it under God's control and say, I am all in. I'm all in in the area of obedience. Mark Patterson, in his book called All In, You Are One Decision Away from a Totally Different Life, he says this, If we give God 2% of our income, can we really say that we are 100% committed to Him? I think not. If we withhold the tithe, can we really say in God we trust? If we give God our leftovers instead of the first fruits, can we really say that we are seeking His kingdom first? Sometimes people say, you know, all the the church wants is my money. That's not true. The church wants us all to grow in obedience. And sometimes we need to be examples We need to be examples for those who are going to come behind us and show this is what obedience looks like. I'm going to challenge you today. If you have never given a tithe, I am going to challenge you to do that today. You know what? Maybe I won't challenge you to 10%, but I'm going to challenge you to set a specific percentage or an amount today to set that as a recurring gift for the rest of the year. I'm going to challenge you to eliminate the excuses. I'm going to challenge you to stop saying things like, I I, I don't have enough money, or when I get enough. Today, I'm going to challenge you to stop letting the enemy take your obedience that is designed to be given to Jesus. Today I'm challenging you not just to make a decision to give to the church, but I'm going to challenge you to actually start giving right now. 
You're not going to just make a decision for today. You're going to make a decision for the next year, for the next 12 months. If you're watching online, there is a text number on your screen right now, and you can text any amount to that number, 84321. And if you're doing that for the very first time, you're going to set up your account in the system. It's very, very simple. But one of the drop-downs that you'll find in there, it's under a link called Frequency. And this is where you could set up that recurring gift. You say, I get paid twice a month. That is my income. That is my increase. It is on the 5th and the 20th. I'm going to set up this frequency so that God gets his gift first. You can set that up right now. You can make that decision that I'm going to be obedient in this area right now. I'm going to set that up for the next year. You can say weekly. You can say every other week. You can say monthly. You can say twice a month. Today is day one of your spiritual growth and obedience in contributing to the church. We make the choice now. Next week, I'm going to be telling you a lot about our 2021 vision. And we're going to be talking about areas in our church that the Lord is leading us to in growth. Today, though, we have to look at how is it that we fund that growth. How is it that we fund these areas that the Lord is moving us into? How is it that we are obedient to God's word. See, the church is just like that 12th tribe. We don't sell anything. We don't have land. We don't have livestock. The church doesn't have wheat. We don't have cattle. We're not set up as a mechanism of farmland. No. The church operates off of God's system that he laid down that says, this is how my house is going to be funded. This is how my house is going to be managed. What if we measured our obedience to God by our obedience to the tithe? What if that was our measurement? God says obedience is 10%. What if we told God that we were only willing to be 2% obedient? What if we said that we only have 2% faith in what God is able to do? You know that the number one reason that people say, well, I can't tithe is because they say, well, you know what, I don't, I, don't, I don't have enough. I don't have enough money. And that's why God says, I want you to put your return to me on the front end of your check, the front end of your increase that way you don't have to worry about it at the end of the pay period. You don't have to worry about it at the end of the harvest. He says the tithe comes first. And then the 90%, the rest of that, I want you to live off of that. What if our love for God, though, was measured by our obedience to giving? Every other aspect of our lives, we are absolutely okay with God stepping into and giving him control over, I'm going to challenge you today that if you have never made that regular contribution to the church, I'm going to challenge you to pick up your phone right now 
and text to 84321 and go through the steps that are going to come back in this text message. And to set up, see, our obedience doesn't have an end date. God never said, be obedient until. He said, I want you to be obedient. Today I'm challenging you to pick a number that you could put in repetitively. And it might not be 10% right now. You might say, you know what, Pastor, I'm going to start at, at 3%. I'm going to start at 5%. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at a growth plan and say, you know what, every six months, every three months, I'm going to increase that by half a percent until I can get to the 10%. And I'm going to see what God can do. I promise you, you're going to see what God can do. Our love for God is so deep, I know that. But is our obedience, is our obedience as deep as our love for God? I know we come and we worship and we sing, but is our obedience to the tithe as much a deep part of our life as our obedience to worship? Today, the challenge is on. Next week, we're going to be looking at some amazing programs that God is putting in front of us for 2021. 2021 is going to be such a different year. We had no clue that 2020 was going to look like this. But we have an idea what 2021 is going to look like. We're not a church that's going to wait. We're a church that's going to move. And we're a church that's going to plan. We're a church that is going to understand the time that we're in, the situation that we're in, and is going to adjust accordingly, but it's not going to wait. We're going to continue to reach people with every tool available to us. Just like the Levites who were setting up churches in different cities and different tribal territories. They need a place, they need seats, they need Wi-Fi. God has set up that mechanism to promote his church. For those of you who have been with us for a little while, you know that I preach on this topic twice a year. And eventually it'll be once a year. I preach on it the week before Thanksgiving. You know why? Because people forget the church through the holidays. I preach on it the weekend before Memorial Day. You know why? Because people forget the church over the summer. Don't forget the Levites. Don't forget the church. This is a church that moves. This is a church that reaches people. I wish that you at home could see what I'm looking at and see the people and the equipment that is behind this camera right now. It's things that didn't exist 10 months ago. It's, there's a team back here that didn't have the knowledge that they have now 10 months ago. And let me tell you this. I'll give you a preview for next year. This time next year, it's not going to look like it does right now. Because there's going to be programs that we're going to need that we don't have right now. 
There's going to be people that are going to need to learn things that we don't know right now because our goal doesn't change. The church, our obedience doesn't change. Our obedience does not have an end date. We have to change with the times. We have to go where the people are. And sometimes that's going to take learning. It's going to take resources. It's going to take obedience as a church. We can't be who we are tomorrow. We're going to have to be tomorrow the church that reaches people tomorrow, wherever they are. I thank you for sticking around. Some of you knew right away, oh, he's going to talk about, he's going to talk about tithing. I have my computer in front of me and I'm out. And you check out right away. I thank those of you who have stayed. It's a tough, it is a tough sermon to write. It's a tough lesson for all of us. But I'll tell you where the blessing is. The blessing comes in obedience. For those of you that give on a regular basis, tell somebody about the blessings. See, it's that example that really can tell others and show others. Sometimes it's somebody like you who's been tithing for a while. Tell somebody. Tell somebody about obedience and the blessings that come with that. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for letting us come together. And I thank you for providing the resources for this church to get to this point. And Lord, I know that you're going to provide the resources for us to get to the position that you are leading us into next year. Lord, I know that you have a church here, you have built a church that desperately wants to be obedient to your word. I pray this morning that you will step into our lives and you will eliminate the excuses, that you will eliminate the obstacles, that when we hear things like tithe, we hear that this is a command from you and we do it joyously, that we do it enthusiastically, that we see it as part of our worship. Lord, when we give to you, it's as if we're singing to you. It's a way we praise you. And it's a way we thank you. Lord, this morning, I pray that you'll just keep your hand over everyone here and everyone watching this morning. As we pick up our phones and we text into a number and we do something, we, we, we step up to a challenge that we haven't done before. Lord, strengthen our faith this morning. Lord, I pray that as the leader of this church that you just, you, you take this church, a church that desperately is, follows you, wants to follow you, Lord, that you lead us into this city and you lead us deeper so we can continue to tell people about your kingdom and about your blessings and about your son. Lord, thank you for the Christmas season that we're about to enjoy. And thank you for sending your son. 
This morning, we, we thank you for the cross. We pray that you hear our song, you hear our worship. We love you and we praise you and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.